This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world. Built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold. Right here on the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Payne.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is, what, Saturday? Tomorrow is my, uh, well, the baby shower for my wife, for our kid that's uh, coming at the end of October. So we're excited about that. My mom and stepdad are in town visiting. They're staying with us. They came in from Texas, only 30 minutes away from SpaceX, Elon Musk's wonderful program down there in Boca Chica, Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited about today's show. Actually, to be honest, I keep saying, if you're going to talk the talk, walk the walk, do the small things in your life that you can do to break free of the technocrats and to stick it to the man and to stay clear of the system they are building for us so this morning it's become sort of a saturday morning ritual for my wife and i we drive around to all the various farms that we do business with where we get different types of vegetables different types of meats we have a butcher in town that sources local organic meat so we stop there and we pick up stuff and uh, some things we have stored in our uh, chest freezer Uh, other things we've jarred and we've canned for the winter 
Uh, we had some gardens going this year and got a lot of our own stuff, but we still uh, drive around on Saturday morning and pick things up from the various farmers uh, in our area. We're lucky to have that here in Frederick, Maryland. So we got all that done, and and I said, you know what, I'm going to keep going. We've been plowing through the weekends, doing weekend shows. You guys seem to like it. I appreciate everyone who's gone over to Apple Podcasts and left a five-star review and a comment. If you haven't yet, please do so. Uh, right now, I believe you can pick up the show on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Pandora, SiriusXM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and of course, Apple Podcasts. And you can always find the player for this show. It's at Megaphone. I believe I have a link posted on Twitter at uh hackable animal or at dustin gold show and then you can also join us over at pain.tv slash gold and we're making a decision this week on whether or not we are going to start uploading the video version of the show about two to three weeks after it appears on pain tv slash gold that way the insiders uh get access to that content before everyone else and then we'll post those possibly up on youtube rumble odyssey uh maybe bit shoot but we're making that decision because once you take on that responsibility, it is never ending and it just becomes another thing on your plate that you have to deal with during the day. But if I end up putting a deal together with an old friend of mine on helping with some of the production and publishing side of this, then I will have someone to help me and all will be well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, yesterday, last night, I dropped an interview I did on an old colleague's podcast real world witness i thought it went well for my first interview outside of the dust and gold standard especially on all these new topics sometimes it takes me a little while to put all the pieces together and get it all right in my head and be able to talk about it in an open forum like that but i think it's important for me to get out there because we need to share this information otherwise it gets just stuck right here in this little bubble and then it doesn't get out there to other people so as i told you over the last couple of days don't worry joe biden's executive order is on my radar i am working on trying to get a scientist colleague of mine to come on with me while we review this over two episodes because it's very complex and i'd like to be able to ask some live real-time questions to a scientist uh as to some of the terms inside this because i cannot do it justice my background is not science and i think i'll end up missing a lot of information in here so i'm waiting for this person to get back to me and confirm uh whether or not they can dedicate the time to review this with me but i will say folks as I was sitting here today and a little bit of free time, uh, with a little bit of free time I had in between running to the farms and, you know, catering to my mother and stepfather and making sure my wife was okay and going to birth classes with her, staying in check with our midwifery service that's helping her with the pregnancy, running over to the YMCA to aqua classes and everything else, I was doing research on this executive order and piecing it together with some information that Maria Albanese co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast on Fridays sent over to me over the last week because she is always flooding me with intelligence along with stuff that you guys share with me as well. And so I ended up going into 
several different rabbit holes. Not rabbit holes. What I, I try not to go real deep into one particular issue where I'm going to get caught up in it for two weeks, three weeks, a month, and end up looking into all these different conspiracy theories and then having to weed out what's real and what's fake. Because what tends to happen is that you'll get lost on one particular subject. For instance, chasing down Microsoft's patent 060606 that I've explained to you. I know people that have gotten stuck in that for a month, and then they can't get back out, and we're not moving ahead and really just trying to lay out this big diagram we've been creating of what the technocracy is is doing, what these technocratic transhumanists are building. And so I like to keep the momentum moving forward so that we can uncover as much of this stuff as possible. And if I find something to be extremely interesting, I may spend an entire episode or multiple episodes on it, as you've seen. But if I give you more information, some of these topics are things that you can further explore. And as you know, I always try to remember to read you the domain name of the website that I am looking at, or I try to tell you how to look up the YouTube video. Eventually, the goal is to either on pain.tv slash gold or a separate website, be posting these articles that I use. Um, in show notes or in a drudge report fashion so if you want to further investigate these topics you can go dig for yourself but let me just say folks for the for the um, audio version uh, uh, folks out there we have the white house executive order up i assume most of you have heard me talk about it briefly or you've seen it online, but I'll just recap. This came out on September 12, 2022, and it's uh, Executive Order on Advancing Biotechnology and Biomanufacturing Innovation for a Sustainable, Safe, and Secure American Bioeconomy. And then now up on the screen over at technocracy.news, I told people the other day that Patrick Wood put out sort of a highlighted version of this where he highlighted the pieces that he thinks were most important and that people should look at and let me just uh, give you patrick wood's opinion on this also folks i've been trying to um, get in touch with uh, in touch with him and i had a fan of the show uh you know becoming a friend of the program reach out to me with a possible idea on how to get Patrick Wood on the show. So we'll see if we could make that happen. But it says right here, transhumanists and technocrats and big pharma have cracked the U.S. government wide open to flood the bioeconomy with taxpayer money and labor to push the frontier of genetic modification of all living things and especially humans. This will ultimately spark the biggest public backlash in modern history. Biden pledges not only funding, but an all of government transformation to support this anti-human scheme from top to bottom it also automatically blocks any agency or department from dissent okay and that's from the technocracy news editor which is uh, patrick wood and so you know the part where it says here um, this will ultimately spark the biggest public backlash in modern history Unfortunately, and I, and I try to be truthful with you, uh, I mean, I always tell you the truth, at least from my perspective, I don't see a backlash. I don't see people revolting against this, which is why it's so important that we keep talking about this, 
because whether there's going to be a revolt, right, whether there's going to be a revolution against the government or the technocrats or transhumanists, you know, that, that would involve so many people coming together and being able to to just agree to risk everything, you know, their blood, their fortune, their family, everything. And so I just don't see it happening in this world, this country especially, over 350 million people, 3,000 miles wide, 50 states, dozens of territories, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of military bases worldwide. I just don't see that happening, but there's ways that you can revolt against it. The backlash comes from you in your life, what you're willing to agree to, how much of this you're willing to accept. Are you willing to go to the hospital and let them run these procedures on you? There's a lot of stuff I've learned from the doula we hired and the midwife, uh, the midwifery that we hired to manage my wife's uh, birth. And you would not believe the information that I have gathered from them, these women traditionally working outside of the hospital and big pharma systems, and the pushback that they get, and how they have to be so careful in that industry to not have their licenses stripped and everything else. And so we'll get into that eventually because a couple of them have agreed to come on. We just haven't worked out a time yet. So we'll get into more of that. Uh, later but patrick wood at least he's putting this out here uh highlighting the important parts for you and again we're going to go over this it will get done uh, sometime in the next couple of days if i don't get the scientists to come out with me i will do it myself i just thought that i could not do it justice because i need someone to say hey what does that term mean what does this term mean and so hopefully that'll be the case but so what I want to do with today's show is there's some parts I want to tie together uh, of things we talked about in the last week. It's kind of a wrap-up show. And so I want to show you some of the things I've been collecting from Maria Albanese and some of you. And also, I want to get into sort of a big picture of some of the technologies that are going to come out of Biden's executive order. And I'm going to jump the gun and show them today. Uh, one of which which connects to the matrix movie which i reviewed with you the other day because i keep showing you technologies that are being developed like the metaverse uh, like human batteries like dna storage and things that are sort of referenced in the matrix that are now becoming are becoming part of real life and joe biden's executive order will do no nothing more than further push these dystopian science uh, sci-fi technologies into real life and so there's something big i came across another player in the transhumanist agenda in my research today that i want to introduce to you so what i'm going to do right now folks is i'm going to play you a little video i want you to see another country that is openly touting the tenets of the fourth industrial revolution a country that we are supposed to rally behind and put their flag on our front lawns and their flag alongside of our face on facebook and twitter and put up emojis with their flag and so this is a video that was sent to me i had saw it on uh, social media a few months ago maybe and i didn't pay much attention to it but once uh someone within pain.tv slash gold sent it to me i took another look and then i verified its authenticity and so let's 
take a look at this video and then we will talk about it because what has happened here is now happening around the world and here is a prime example of just that let's look eight years ahead 2030 the history of the new ukraine is studied all over the globe why because ukraine became the most digital and convenient country in the world scripts have replaced bureaucrats 500,000 former public servants are successfully integrated in the new economy no more red tape but paperless no more banknotes but cashless yes we became the first country to abandon paper money Ukraine now has the best tax system for the IT industry and the most affordable e-residency. Thanks to Ukrainian engineers and programmers, the R&D centers of the world's top technology companies operate successfully, and Ukraine ranks first in the world by the number of startups per capita. Ukrainian courts are guided by artificial intelligence, and all notarial acts take place online. Ukrainian customs is fully automatic and the fastest in the world. Customs clearance and car registration can now be done in three clicks from your smartphone. Because of war and internal migration, we have built the most flexible and modern digital education. Brave military and civilians get quality treatment with modern remote monitoring and e-health systems. Ukraine also has the most effective cyber defense in the world. After the horrors of 2022, Ukraine focused on security systems. Now every production facility has its air defense system, and the sleep of Ukrainians is protected by an ultra-modern iron dome. The Ukrainian government is digital, more like an IT company in terms of the efficiency of implementing decisions. And one can register a land plot, start construction, open a business or get a license, and register a car or real estate from a smartphone automatically in one click. Ukraine is the freest and digital. This is all because international partners and the world's leading technology companies supported the Digital for Freedom initiative and united to help Ukraine recover through digitalization. Building a new Ukraine together, free and the fastest, brave and digital. All right, ladies and gentlemen, wow, I think you got the point. We will be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard and we will review that video right after the break you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold back here at pain.tv slash gold, and you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for the fourth industrial revolution? Wow. So for those of you, those of you who didn't get to watch the video because you're on the audio side only you can check that out just google ukraine 2030 it's a video up on youtube now for those of you who don't believe this i just want to show you because i always make sure that the sources i use are real news or at least what the governments what the technocrats transhumanists want us to believe is real because if they want us to believe it's real it is reality as far as what they're going to push down our throats, okay? So, up on the screen here, 
I have a Twitter account, and it is from uh, Mikhailo Fedorov. Okay, and this is a blue check mark account, and it's got a flag next to it uh, from Twitter, not uh, like an emoji. It says Ukraine government official. And so on July 14th, 2022, he tweeted out Ukraine 2030, the freest, the freest and most digital country in the world. (laughs) That is priceless, isn't it? The freest and most digital. Well, we know that digital, we know that the cyber is creating the prison planet around us, the real life matrix. And all of the technology they have, folks, does not make you freer. Technology puts a stranglehold on humanity and on the natural world. So it's just funny. But it says, Ukraine 2030, the freest and most digital country in the world, without bureaucracy, but with strong tech industry, cashless and paperless, this is the future we are building. Cashless and paperless. This is the future we are building without bureaucracy, but with strong tech industry. Yeah, folks, we call that the technocracy when you are ruled by the scientists and the engineers. Yes, folks, that is the technocracy. Now I'm going to. So he put the video out. He put the video out on July 14, 2022. It's basically saying the war is over and they've rebuilt. But somehow we're supposed to believe the war is still going on and they're still ushering in. Uh, Ukrainian refugees by the tens of thousands into Poland. So I guess it's not over, or is it over? Uh, I still see Zelensky walking around in his green army T-shirt like he's some kind of a a G.I. Joe, or we're supposed to believe he doesn't have time to put a suit on or something. Uh, All right, so let's click on this guy Fedorov's uh, Twitter profile. So his banner here says, be brave like Ukraine. And it says right here, he is the vice prime minister of Ukraine and minister of digital transformation of Ukraine. And so you can look up Ukraine 2030 and you can find uh, government websites. And this video is on there and longer versions of this video is on there. So it is real, folks. I mean, it's it's real. It's not like I created it and put it out there to trick people or some paid professional social media marketer or propagandist made it and put it out there to get all of us on board to play it and then turn around and say, ah, it was fake news. Therefore, you're spreading fake news. No, this comes from the government of Ukraine. And so I could go back and replay this and analyze it all for you. I don't know if you want me to do that. Uh, Some of you like when I do that. But what I think I might do is rather than have the voice of the narrator, there's a lot of text on the screen. So I think what I'm going to do right now, actually, is I'm going to turn this all the way down and I'm going to play it. And then I'll talk about the text as it comes up. And so we can just kind of go through it a little bit at a time. I'm just going to finish this up over the next few minutes and then we're going to move on to the next subject because I don't really want to get into the entire Ukraine-Russia situation, at least not on this show. There's a couple other pieces of technology I need to show you and then I need to introduce you to this new transhumanist that came up in some of the research that I did connected to the Biden um, 
executive order. And that's kind of what I want to get out here today because it'll set us up for the executive order. And then from the executive order, we're actually going to move into the 1995 paper, um, Industrial Society and Its Future. And you're going to be able to see uh, how this paper written in 95 warned of exactly where we are today. And then hopefully that's going to be able to loop us back into Operation Paperclip and we'll sort of go back in time and I will show you where a lot of this technology grew out of and then I think that's going to help us clear up where we are headed because I believe some of the original plans uh, coming out of the initial eugenics movement are, are alive and well. I think it all actually ties in and we can just follow their blueprints and be able to predict exactly where they're going and then we'll know what kind of technologies we really have to look out for and be um, be wary of. All right, so let's take a look at this video uh, up on the screen. So basically, folks, they're showing helicopters. They're showing... Um, uh vladimir putin's face they've got a map of ukraine soiled in blood then they've got you know reporters standing up on top of the building they've got smoke and fire in the city you know it's all this war propaganda and so they keep showing news clips people walking down the street here emergency vehicles again it's all uh uh, so what they, then what they show is like, this is 2022. The war is going on. It's 2022. And then it shows a graphic where it fast forward ticks to 2030. Okay, so now they've got different articles popping up. Again, um, they show now like some lights. And it says the first European tiger, Ukraine. Okay, and then up on the screen it says Ukraine is most digital and convenient country in the world all right so this is what the point they're going to get across it says high-tech sector represents 70 percent of the gdp so 70 percent of their gross domestic product they're saying comes from the tech sector all right then it's saying 80 percent ex-officials uh are I think it's R, it's hard to read, integrated into a new economy. So 80% ex-officials integrated into a new economy. And then, uh, and remember Peter Thiel, when he said the COVID was great because it was going to take the old economy into the new economy. And that's all part of the pushing of the third industrial era into the fourth industrial revolution leading us into the fourth industrial era or the fourth industrial reich however you want to look at it uh now it's got the thing bureaucracy it shows a cross through and now they say paperless so everything now is digital now they're showing cashless right no more money no more paper money everything is going to be this central bank digital currency cryptocurrency and so then they show somebody using one of the tap cards with the rfid chip in them like all of your credit cards have those are highly uh, hackable very easy to hack one day i'll do a psa on that i read some technology you could build for under 150 dollars where you can walk into a self-checkout area at a grocery store and literally lift people's information off them and then go make pressed cards with their information and go buy goods like crazy so that's happening it says right here in dia city nine percent corporate income tax so they're really a 6.5 percent labor tax so they're really pushing like people to move there but yet at the same time back in july we're supposed to believe it's just getting blown up and everything's being destroyed but they're pushing 
uh, kind of like governors in the United States, come to come to Texas. We only have a five percent tax, you know, stuff like that. So it says e-residency, top tech companies in Ukraine. So they're trying to promote people to come to Ukraine, and then they're showing people walking around in offices with lap uh, MacBook computers and things like that. Ukraine number one by the number of startups per capita, so they have a big technology startup base there. You wonder why they're having a fake war. Courts with artificial intelligence. Remember I told you that uh, Peter Thiel owns DoNotPay.com, the robot lawyer. They want to put the lawyers out of business. And then in another article interview I found with him, he's talking about turning all the whole court system into run by uh, artificial intelligence robots. Well, how, how good is that going to work out for you folks? If you can't get a human judge to sympathize with you or to ex- expedite your case, how the hell are you going to get a robot AI system to do it? Give me a break. So we're going to be run uh, by computers. The world's fastest uh, car says car customs clearance and dia. And then they're showing a guy on his phone. And it says distance education, online lessons, digitization of schools, STEM education, all the same stuff we did here in the United States. You know, with COVID pushing everyone into distance learning, which is basically just a teacher sitting there on Zoom. But eventually they'll be replaced with mind twin type robots robots stem education you know that sciences and stuff obviously we need the scientists we need to breed our kids all into little hitler youth scientists who support eugenics genetic modification and all of the technologies that come out of something like biden's executive order we need that right uh telemedicine okay no more meeting with your doctor everything's going to be on an ipad this is the same place you know we're we're pretty much here now ukraine has it and supposedly has it uh, on steroids remote monitoring that's the stuff i've showed you where you take a pill and swallow it with a robot inside that monitors your body and it keeps your doctor up to date e-health systems that means all your records are online everything is hackable shareable and uh can be uh, stolen okay let's see hang on one second it froze up uh e-health systems then it says uh, internet technology the most effective cyber defense so now they're showing buildings being blown up people being dragged out of ambulance dead people just war propaganda missiles firing and then it says the most advanced territorial protection systems ultra modern iron dome so then they show like a city being covered with a blue dome almost like uh, what was the marvel movie with uh, wakanda yeah it looks like wakanda now this is a video from the government where they show a like a laser dome uh over the top of a city now so they've got the laser dome uh most advanced territorial protection and then it's going into e-services automated solutions without an art of uh, uh without i missed that one folks what was that my brain isn't working fast enough today it says automated solutions without an official so basically everything is automated you don't need managers and stuff so now they're walking through um, a building and talking about automated solutions public yeah one click no bureaucracy government services at your fingertips ukraine is the freest and digital it says and so then they call it digital for freedom united 24 so it's digital for freedom united 24 and then their highlights folks are for digital for freedom that's the campaign digital for freedom 
number one, 100% online services. Number two, paperless. Number three, cashless. Number four, digital government. Number five, artificial intelligence in courts and e-notary, which we have here now as well in some places. It says number six, digital education. Number seven, e-health. Number eight, digital customs. Number nine, 5G. And number 10, digital literacy. So I think you get the point here, folks. Ukraine is not a smart city. It's a smart country, folks. Wow, they pulled off the first full-blown digital prison planet. I'm surprised they didn't have people walking around with the augmented reality glasses or contact lenses with all this government information, all this intelligent data that they talk about at the World Economic Forum with the panel discussion we reviewed on the metaverse popping up in front of you while you walk down the street. And uh, maybe they could credit different politicians. You know, you turn and you see like a like a dumpster but it's painted and then it pops up with a a little uh, intelligent data packet and it says governor so-and-so got a hundred thousand dollars secured for this dumpster and hired three artists to paint it pink yeah i mean stuff like that i mean important things we need to know about but folks there you go ukraine is now the first smart country digital for freedom don't worry technology and the technocracy will free your soul ladies and gentlemen that's enough on that when i get back let's take a look at this artificial intelligence robot and the creator of it another one of these fork ton devils who sits there and builds the technology but then tells you it's going to replace the need for humans ladies and gentlemen i'm dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard we'll be right here right back on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, are you not excited for the future of Ukraine? Are you not excited for the tens of billions of dollars that you sent there on your tax dollars, but really on the sweat of your great, 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 great grandchildren? Because the money that we spend beyond what we actually take in just straps future generations into endless debt slavery. And that's what it's all about, folks. But at least you're contributing to this. At least you and I are taking part in helping other people be enslaved by a technological prison planet living under a laser ultradome. Yes, folks, you ask where all our money's going? Well, maybe, maybe that answers the question. I don't know. All these technocrats are over there, all these tech companies, 70% of their GDP comes from tech companies, from the tech sector. All of these government welfare queens, all these government welfare recipients, 
While people truly need help around the world, regular people are starving because they're be put, being put out of work by things like this AI robot that we're about to talk about. But no, we just keep dumping in tens of billions of dollars to the technocrats and the transhumanists to build our prison planet. Thank you, Ukraine. Fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. At least we know where the money went. I wonder how much they paid to produce that video, folks. Seriously, it's quite obvious where the money's going. Um, The tech costs quite a bit to build a prison planet around your citizens. All right. Let's jump forward. This is at the sun, the-sun.com, okay? And this article came out a few days ago. Someone on Twitter, it might have been op underscore tweeter sent it to me, or wide awake, or one of you fantastic folks out there in the Twitter sphere that are also members of pain.tv slash gold. But this article is Danger Zone Artificial Intelligence Creator warns of apocalyptic artificial intelligence that will replace the need for humans. And so I actually read this the other day, and I wanted to do it, but I had nowhere to stick it in. So I figured today would be good as we move forward into Biden's executive order, because as they genetically modify us out of existence, you say, well, who's going to replace us? Well, we know the robots and the artificial intelligence. But this is a good one because this robot is kind of cute. Uh, I think she should probably list herself on tinder or something maybe she could find a few dates but it says robots could one day overthrow humans in an apocalyptic takeover uh a tech expert has predicted and there's a problem on their site with some coding so it's covering some of the um text up that i'm trying to read to you so i'm gonna just try to do my best here i'm gonna reload it there we go adian meller or uh, Aiden Meller, the creator of the Ida robot, that's AI-DA robot, believes that within three years, artificial intelligence could overtake humanity per the Daily Star. Okay, now, let's stop for a second there. Aiden Meller, the creator of the Ida robot, just like Elon Musk, the creator of the Neuralink brain chip, creator of some other uh, artificial intelligence companies. This guy believes that within three years, artificial intelligence could overtake humanity. Now, is he bragging about that? Because he's helping build it, and then he's saying, oh, we can replace humans. It's like Yuval Noah Harari. I keep telling you, he gets up there and he acts like he's warning you. At the same time, he's advising the technocrats and transhumanists to build this type of technology. So this guy, Meller, also backs Elon Musk's belief that advances in AI could impact mankind more than nuclear war. I've told you this. I just said it. These guys are fork-tongue devils. They're building the technology, leading the industry, but then warning you about the technology. Quote, I agree with Elon Musk that artificial intelligence is a bigger threat than nuclear war, but... It could also be remarkable, too, Meller said. There is every right to feel nervous about the rise of artificial intelligence. We are hurtling towards them, taking over humans, so we need to have a heart of ethics, end quote. Okay, a heart of ethics. As I always 
tell you, I've shown you guys, you understand it. The very people building it also then warn you about it, but then tell you that they want to be the governors of a governing body that oversees the ethics involved in building the anti-human technology that they're building yet warning about, right? It's so complicated, it's not complicated. It's so complicated that it's not complicated. They are liars, and they are publicly bragging about ending the need for humans. Right alongside Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher of the Fourth Industrial Revolution, the right-hand man to Klaus Schwab, who calls us useless humans and hackable animals, and then pretends to somehow be on your side. It continues to say, Meller explained there is a cause for concern as this is a changing world in which humans are merging with machines. Aiden said, quote, AI is going to show a mirror to the dark side of being human, end quote. So right there, it's talking about the changing world in which humans are merging with machines. That is the singularity. That is transhumanism, merger of man and machine. So We've reached a point now in, say, the sun, and they're reporting that it's here, and it's okay, it's just inevitable, right? So it goes on to say, quote, technology is not good or bad. It's how we use it. The exhibition will show how it came about and where we want to go, end quote. Now, let me just take the time here uh, to explain this to you, because those three sentences or let's say the last two sentences are very important. First, you have a quote from this guy, Aiden Neller, that says, artificial intelligence is going to show a mirror to the dark side of being human. Okay, so who are the dark humans they're talking about? Number one, that's the question I'm asking you. Who are the dark humans that they are talking about? It goes on to say, technology is not good or bad it's how we use it okay so is it how we use it or is it the people creating it because technology may not be bad right if it just appeared in front of us and you had a nuclear bomb that just appeared there god made it happen divine intervention it just appears and it's just sitting there well it may not be bad But what it could be used for, as he goes on to say, the exhibition will show how it came about, where we want to go, right? So, it's how we use it, he's saying. Okay, so if a bad human goes up and pushes the button and blows everything up, then they're saying, well, that's the bad intention. Well, why is the bad intention not... Why is the bad intention not assigned to the creator of the technology that could be used for bad purposes? Because how can the nuclear bomb be used for good purposes? There are no good purposes. Don't tell me it's to threaten other countries that you will blow them up and destroy them if they don't do what you say. So what is the good intention of it? Therefore, should the bad intention not be assigned to the engineer, the scientist who dreamt it up and then built it and sold it to the government, any government, U.S. government, worldwide government, doesn't matter. So if you're the engineer or scientist who comes up with the idea to build an artificial intelligence robot that's going to replace humanity, 
and then you build it but then say well it's not really bad it's all how we use it no i'm sorry the bad intention is assigned to you you built it to replace humanity so then you do not get to say well it's just a matter of whose hands it gets into no it's on you pal you built it you're the bad guy okay that's how i see it that's honestly how i see it with this technology because in the end technology will constantly evolve to the point where it does replace humans it will replace humans because they can streamline the technology and make it efficient in their eyes because they don't really care about human emotions they don't really care about human creativity they've proven that so the guys that are building it are the ones who are and should be held responsible for the bad intentions that come out of it it goes on to say just a few days ago meller was presenting his ida robot the world's first ultra realistic artist bot at the imagining artificial intelligence exhibit in oxford united kingdom the bot draws and paints using cameras in its eyes its artificial intelligence algorithms and robotic arms it's called ida after ida lovelace the famed 18th century english mathematician though it isn't human ida's work has been praised for its detail and one reporter for art review even called it kind of hot the humanoid robot creates its paintings using artificial intelligence algorithms and cameras in its eyes that monitor its masterpieces now just just tell me what is the good intention of this robot did it stands there it looks like a human talks like a human and can paint like a human so what is that the intention for humans to marvel at this robot which should really just be considered a piece of art itself sitting in a museum but in the end it's designed to do much more than paint painting is just the first step it's the bridge and so he's developing a robot that can replace humanity and yet then he's going to say the robot is neutral the technology is neutral it's how it ends up being used you know how it's going to end up being used pal okay you didn't create it for the purpose of standing around painting all right there's no one who threw tens of millions of dollars at you to develop this because they wanted a cutesy robot that's hot and can paint oh no you know damn well what it's going to be and you're the one who bears the responsibility of the bad intentions that come from that robot because you knew exactly what its intentions were going to be used for goes on to say quote we are making leaps robots will become human and ai is already manipulating social media and elections end quote meller said again who are the people that design the bots that are manipulating elections okay what were the intentions of those bots they developed they can't develop them for bad purposes and then claim the technology is neutral and then try to sit there and say that artificial intelligence is going to reveal the dark side of humans it already is the people who designed and developed it and built it are dark 
They are the anti-humans, the technocrats and the transhumanists. They are the dark ones, not me and you. We didn't dream it up. We didn't develop it. We didn't deploy it. And we aren't looking to replace humanity. We aren't looking to move forward with some sort of mass genocide that the way that these technocrats and transhumanists are doing. That is the truth, folks. They're trying to paint us as some kind of dark people when they, in fact, are the darkest of all. Ladies and gentlemen, I will be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold. Actually, this is Dustin Gold's humanoid robot. Right here on the Dustin Gold Standard at pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, let us continue as we're looking into the mind of the creator of Ida, the AI humanoid robot that can paint, and it's kind of hot, according to one critic. This article goes on to say, folks, quote, we have major Ida international news coming in October and November. Oh, gee, I cannot wait. I cannot wait, folks, for this news. What are they going to do now? What else can this robot do besides paint? I told you, painting is not the intention, okay? You have plenty of people that can paint. You have wonderful creative artists out there that would love to have a job painting. And I'm sure they don't want to be replaced with a robot. So it goes on to say, profound innovations to make her more human-like. She's not conscious, but she is a machine you can interact with, end quote. That's what this guy said, um, this guy Meller, the creator, the Frankenstein doctor, right? Building his own Frankenstein monster. Quote, this project is to raise questions and challenge ethics. Oh, yeah, right. Right, right, right. This guy got tens of millions of dollars behind him to build a robot that raises questions and challenges ethics. The tipping point, he says, will be 2025, and by the end of the next year, we're all going to be in the metaverse. And we covered the metaverse, did we not? Internet of things, internet of bodies, internet of senses, smart cities, and the metaverse. And so you have a solid understanding of what the metaverse is. And as this guy here, Dr. Frankenstein, or we would call him Dr. Ida and his Ida monster right dr Iden is ida monster so he's over there building that telling you that humans are dark the technology is neutral and that he is going to build a robot that's going to end up replacing humanity he's got a big announcement coming in october and november and we're all going to be living in the metaverse next year i mean these guys are brazen folks now i want to show you a video. I think video always does more justice than uh, what I can contribute to the story with just my voice and just the words of these people. So let's watch a little video on Ida, this uh, fantastic humanoid robot painter. 
She's great. Classically trained, folks. Classically trained. Let's take a look at Ida. I mean, are we not living here in the Jetsons or what, folks? I'm going to get a uh, Roomba that's going to ride around and vacuum my house. And at the same time, I'll just have my robot nanny painter come over and watch my child breastfeed it and uh, paint me a nice Rembrandt. All right, let's watch this, folks. This stuff makes me crazy, but on a Saturday, on a Saturday, you start delving deep into this and you're saying man i'm supposed to relax on the weekend i have a baby shower to attend tomorrow and no the darkness continues but you need to know what's coming your way folks you're going to be replaced out there if you're a painter we're about to meet an artist unlike any other in the world hello there i am ada i am the world's first ultra realistic ai robot Artist. Ada is definitely. And I apologize, folks. I mispronounced her name. I don't want to get in trouble for that. I don't want to get canceled or me too'd. It's Ada, not Ida. I apologize, folks. Be a robot. I do not have feelings. Ada may not have feelings herself, but she has prompted a fierce conversation in the art world about what art is and who can make it. And that. And then for those of you in the audio only audience, I highly recommend you look this up. It's AI-DA. Just uh, look around on YouTube. You'll end up finding this. If not, you can come over to pain.tv slash gold and join us for a few bucks a month and get access to the video version of the podcast. But right now you have a robot with these robotic arms and then her face is covered with like a silicone uh, mask. I mean, you would almost think it's a parody, but no, this stuff is very real. They've actually featured this robot in a presentation at TED Talks. That's the point behind the whole thing. I think a good artist encourages people to reimagine and think more carefully about their world. Her creators say if that's all she's able to do, then the project, whether you like it or not, will have been a success. Culture of change, it says. Ada lives in a stately home outside of London with Aidan Meller, the mastermind behind the project. And, Lu- and this is uh, Michael O'Shea, a free think reporter you're listening to. Lucy Seal, the project's curator. I had a really bizarre moment. I was in the gallery and I had... Okay, this is uh, Aidan Meller, the guy that we read about in the... Uh, in the story being interviewed. Several works of Picasso and Matisse to my right, and I had Turner Constable to my left. And I had a, a radically unpleasant thought, and that is that actually, technically, some of these works weren't that good. It led me to the question that I then became obsessed with. What is it about that 1% of artists that go on a massive global scale compared to the 99% of artists that don't? Three months in, I got nowhere. I went down to my partner and said, this isn't working. And she rather obtusely, she said, well, that's because you're not asking the right questions, clearly. And she was right. Don't look at the art and artists, look at their context. Look at the society they were in. They caught the zeitgeist of their time. I thought, well, what's gonna happen in the next five to 10 years? There was one thing they were consistent on, and that was the role and rise of AI. So I thought, that's it. 
Right, so there he is, like I said, Dr. Frankenstein building a Frankenstein monster. And so he talked about, if you're supposed to believe this is true, let's just take it at face value, that he runs an art gallery, he's sitting there looking at these you know, expensive pieces of art, um, and he's saying to himself, what makes that art so great? What made the artist behind that art so popular? Think of bands you know there could be a million bands and one band one artist becomes popular and so he's on this quest to find out what it is and so he says that the particular artist lived during a particular time and somehow the work they created their brand were able to accelerate during that time and so he said what would be the perfect artist in our time and so it's an artificial intelligence robot okay so then dr frankenstein goes to work building the Frankenstein monster. Let's continue. The Ada Robot Project is an art project and the aim is to get people thinking and considering their futures. We have based project uh so to get people thinking and considering their futures. See, I'd love to debate actually this person. Maybe interview her and the creator. Uh, if not debate them, because they throw out these, uh, as a legal man would call them, Barnum statements. Basically, essentially, they mean nothing. There's no meat and potatoes behind them. And so they throw these out there. We are creating an artificial intelligence humanoid robot uh, to make artwork. And the purpose is to get people to think about their future. What the hell does that mean? You're sitting there developing something that you're saying is going to engineer humans out of existence. Well, I guess they don't have to think much about their future if your purpose is to engineer them out of existence. When you come here, I hope you think about it. I'm presenting you with a show. This show is a piece of art, every show. But my art truly is getting you to think about your future because I have to highlight crazy people like this who are actually the ones trying to engineer us out of existence. I'm not trying to engineer us out of existence. I'm not trying to normalize or humanize this technology or genetic modification or brain chips or brain uploading or mind twins or any of the stuff we covered. I am trying to warn you and show you what's out there so that you can carve out an actual future where you can avoid some of this stuff, navigate it, step aside it, insulate yourself from it. No, they're not doing it. I want you to think about your future. So let's continue. Uh, th this stuff makes me crazy. Let's continue, folks. Um, around the earliest 20th century, where there's a building tension. And although the 21st century is completely different to the early 20th century, we are also in a similar time of rapid technological change, where we don't exactly know where some of those forces are going to go and how they're going to play out. Right, 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 right. So you listen to this girl talking about rapid technological change. And all that is, is that echoes the words of Klaus Schwab in his 2016 book, The Force Industrial Revolution. And what they're talking about 
is the change is from the first industrial, second industrial, third industrial revolution, which was internet technology, into the fourth industrial revolution, which is the merger of man and machine. The merger of the physical, that's the real world, the biological, that's our bodies, that's uh, nature, science, and then the digital, that's the cyber, the metaverse worlds. And so this girl you're supposed to believe was just an artist, who now is thinking about this kind of stuff. Let's see. But but again, they're promoting it. They're humanizing it. They're helping bring forward transhumanism. And so we want to really celebrate the good sides. So though you have Ada in some ways um, a celebration, the drawings she produces are quite unsettling. They're very fragmented and splintered. Folks, this, this face, this rubber face, it looks like someone, and if you're out there and you've gone through this, I don't mean to offend you here, but it looks like someone who had um, you know third-degree burns on their skin. That's like the face, and then somebody reconstructed the face, and it's got a really bad wig on, um, and then it literally has hanging out of its sweater or its blouse two metal arms so it looks like freakish it looks like something out of the terminator and so you're supposed to think about your future when these people i told you are trying to humanize the future by having this robot create artwork that people then connect emotionally to it that's the purpose of this when we get back we're going to finish reviewing her and then jump over to this other transhumanist that i found in my research today ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard fire up your robot and make some art over the break folks you're listening to pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv Slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope your little robot child drew you something nice to hang on the refrigerator i really do it's a beautiful day here by the way a beautiful fall day nothing better than my robot child making a drawing for me to hang up on the refrigerator i swear folks that's uh that's what life is all about let's continue with ada the robot humanoid artist that these crazy folks over at this gallery are trying to humanize and make normal and an everyday part of our life as they talk about artificial intelligence and robots coming our way. The robot works by processing an existing image through the AI, then putting her pencil to paper to create the original piece. The reference image can be virtually anything. She has cameras in her eyes so she can draw what she sees, or you can upload an image of something or someone else. In this instance, she's drawing her interpretation of an existing image of Michelangelo. When she's finished, these are either presented as completed works, or they're used as coordinates for more intricate pieces, where a human ultimately makes the brushstrokes based on her original vision. You might be surprised by how interpretive it is, but according to Aiden and Lucy, that's by design. The technical team worked to actually program creativity into Ada. They determined that her works had to be new, surprising, and of value. And by those measures... 
Oh, okay. So here, though, let me let me point this out. It's a good place to stick this in. So as you see, the journalist is talking about how the creators, the programmers, the software developers, obviously taking orders from Dr. Frankenstein about the type of art that Ada had to create, right? So on one hand, you're supposed to believe these robots are alive and that artificial intelligence is going to be smarter than humans. At the same time, I pointed this out before, folks, with Elon Musk talking about in the future, the programmer's speed at which they can program the new versions of the Neuralink brain chip that are going to come out every year. Right. So I kept saying, well, they're relying on the humans to build the technology to engineer themselves out of existence. So right here, you have software developers, programmers that are, in a sense, artists as well. They're creating something sort of out of nothing. And so they get their marching orders, as I've showed you before, like anyone, uh, maybe you or me or others that work for companies. And you don't even realize what projects you're working on, but you need to get food coupons, money. Uh, to put food on the table for your children. I don't blame you for that. But this is how they suck everyone in to engineering themselves out of existence, to taking away their own jobs. The programmers and software engineers will get to the point where they program the algorithms so good that the artificial intelligence will eventually write itself. So in the early stages of this, they're programming the creativity into Ida, as he's saying, but eventually... Ida will take on its own, not creativity from a human sense, but its ability to create art on its own. That's what will eventually happen. And then the programmers will be out of work, and then the artists will be out of work. And eventually the curator, who's Dr. Frankenstein, uh, the curator of this museum, will be out of work because robots will be picking their own art to display, and they won't need him anymore. See, people don't realize that they're actually engineering themselves out of existence, but soon we're going to get into this eugenicist and you're going to see that there are people that have been out there that know exactly what they're doing and the goal is to engineer humans at least certain bloodlines of humans out of existence Aiden and Lucy feel like they were successful and while a machine being creative may sound counterintuitive that debate has mostly been put to bed the power and potential of AI is that it is creative it can learn on its own and evolve that aside, you may be left with... It can learn on its own and evolve. You see that? So the artificial intelligence can learn on its own and evolve. And that is what they call machine learning. I do have a close friend of mine uh, who's been in business and sales around internet technologies, uh, um, incubators and such where they develop technology, who I think I can get on the show soon, and he is sort of an expert in big data and machine learning. So he can come on and explain that. But yes, their ultimate goal is that the machines end up teaching themselves to the point in which you won't need humans anymore, which is the same thing as the concept of singularity that Ray Kurzweil discusses, to the point in which the artificial intelligence becomes a super artificial intelligence that far exceeds human intelligence and therefore humans will be forced into a position where they either have to make the choice to merge with machines or be rendered useless and pushed out of existence this nagging feeling of well it just doesn't look very impressive or i don't like it but lucy and aiden are quick to remind us that creating good art however you want to define it was not their intent with the project. 
The purpose of ADA is to encourage conversations around the rise of advanced tech, like AI, and grapple with how it will impact different industries, like, say, art. Mirroring our fears and our insights and thoughts is a very good way to contemplate it. And that's why we think this voice of ADA is so important. Uh, see that see that conquering our fears so this is the same nonsense that they pushed in the united states when they start dropping in people of other cultures and then telling them not to assimilate with the culture this is called diversity instead of a melting pot and so what happens is you end up creating a society in which you pin people up against each other because you have two cultures and not saying, um, and I believe this, I'm not saying one culture is better than another culture. I don't believe that. Do I believe that Africans with spears, uh, hunting lions with loincloths on and rings around their neck and big you know, rings inside their ears, big stretchers, are a better culture than say a coke addicted Wall Street broker? Uh, with a uh, American Express black card and a Lamborghini that he drives on the weekends up to the Hamptons? No, I don't think either of those cultures is better than the other culture. In fact, if I were to give my honest opinion, I would think that the Africans living in a natural life are probably a better culture uh, than the Wall Street banker, empty suit, soulless, materialistic, uh, crony corporatist, um, you know, billionaire. But... But you just can't have those two cultures coexisting. So what ends up happening is that eventually one of those cultures will conquer the other. So if you take Poland, for instance, that over the last you know decades has been 97, 98% Polish, they have a shared culture, you know, re religion, uh, the fact that they farm, the fact that they overcame fascism and communism. So they have a shared culture, family. And so all of a sudden you start moving poverty-stricken Ukrainians in, telling them not to assist not to learn the language uh, the polish people are racist they hate you and then before you know it you create tension and a culture class in that society and so this is how they've done it uh over the years and then they tell you well you're afraid of the unknown you're racist because you're afraid of the unknown and so this guy right here is sitting there saying the same thing about the robots and the ai that you're just afraid of the unknown so now we're going to create a robot that makes art so that we can humanize this idea of technology into the art world that's what he's doing fans of art people that go to galleries and they love to look at art sculptures and paintings and installations especially the classical art so now you're going to put the robot up on the same level as michelangelo or leonardo dicaprio of leonardo dicaprio leonardo da vinci and so now you're good except they'll have a robot replace leonardo dicaprio to play in movies soon you might hate the guy but he's a good actor but the thing is is now they're going to try to put the robot like well this is the future it's robots that are going to be great artists and that's how they humanize it to people that actually go out and listen to classical music or they go to galleries and they look at art created by famous artists 
Uh, and now they're going to do the same thing with music. Like this was created by a robot. And so before you know it, it, again, it's humanizing the technology in order to engineer humans out of the loop. We don't need humans anymore, but that's okay because technology is great and we're building these robots. And don't worry, the technology isn't dark. You might be dark if you hate it. No, you're dark if you're building it. You're dark if you're building it. Because she's hopefully going to provoke and instill more debate and more considerations. Are we going to actually use these technologies to actually make a better world? Whether you like the robot, are disturbed by it, or scoff at it, that's all part and parcel with the experience. I found myself at times growing cynical. Ada has sold more than a million dollars worth of art. If you have a robot that can create something of real value over and over again, basically forever, without worrying about mental or physical fatigue, maybe all the other stuff is just a smokescreen to the real story, which is, they've just created a golden goose. They've created a golden goose. They've created a slave. Yes, that is part of it, but it's worse than that. I always tell you guys, stop thinking about this specifically in the sense of money and following the money. Because when I delve into this deeper one day, I will find probably some CIA-backed investment company behind this guy. That's the truth. We keep finding that wizard behind every curtain, do we not? And so it's about the million dollars or the $10 million or $20 million or whatever that this guy Aiden's going to end up making, you know, along with his partner, Lucy, for sure. That's what gets them on board because we, the elites can bribe you and me with the food coupons. We need them to go buy our land, to build our farm, to do all these things. I need money to break away from the system. So I have to do things within the system, within the matrix, one foot in the matrix. And so you could go recruit a guy like this, give him money to build this, tell him he can keep all the money from the art. He just has to say X, Y, and Z. And so then he goes out there and he's helping humanize the technology. That's the real goal. The real goal is the power and the control that AI and robots will have over the world. And they will be controlled by the technocrats and the transhumanists that want to fuse with it. And so that's the real goal. It's not about the little bit of money that this gallery owner is going to get to make off of his slave robot. But then you realize that is an important question. What does it mean when we share the world with robots that can outpace human productivity and perhaps eventually creativity? It is something we should be thinking about. Robots are going to be doing all sorts of different jobs that currently humans do, and so that makes people very uncomfortable. Therefore, they want as a blank policy, I don't want this. It's really our response to that. We can be dystopic about it and say it's going to make it worse. We would hope that Ada's voice addressing these issues will enable us to actually engage with it more rather than run away from it. I think that she's the beginning of something which is going to be much, much bigger in the future. Okay, now let me just say this, folks. When they're sitting there at the end of this piece talking about, hey, you know, it's inevitable robots are going to take all these jobs. And of course, people like Dustin and the people that listen to him are afraid of that. And so they're afraid of this new world that's coming. Let me just ask you a question. 
if you and let's say their goal is they're not going to kill us they just want to make life easier for humans so all these philanthropists are just getting together with the technocrats and the transhumanists to create all this technology that's going to outpace humans it's going to do the job of whatever they're doing better than humans faster than humans you don't have to pay them like humans deal with their health like humans and such let's say that they create genetic modification so that humans can live forever like ray kurzweil wants let's say you your nanobots are flowing through your bloodstream you live forever right so now like i said if they give immortality to 7.6 billion people then it's going to be immortality infinity and overpopulation infinity and now all the humans are just laying around eating endless food so you need 3d printers everywhere to print klaus schwab's food and so now there'll be trillions of humans sitting around doing nothing eating 3d printed food because the robots and the artificial intelligence intelligence are going to do everything for these humans so then you say these humans that are living forever that then still have to buy the products from the technocrats who created the robots and own the companies and the manufacturing and the supply chains because otherwise why did the technocrats build this world because they wanted to just be nice about it so now the people who don't work because robots do all of the work then have to get money somehow to buy the goods from the robots owned by the technocrats And so you say, wait a second, how is this possible? Why would they want us to live forever when they complain about overpopulation? They complain about pollution. They complain about too many people around. So now we're laying around living forever as the useless humans, uh, as Yuval Noah Harari says. And so we're living forever. We got to keep 3D printing food to keep eating, but we're not working and somehow the technocrats and the programmers who program all this stuff work for free because we don't have the money to buy the goods that their robots create you see how it's it's all a lie if you're supposed to believe that story and you break it down into common sense you can't believe the story because it's just it's an economic system that cannot work the other thing is when you start taking away you could say look hey a robot replaces some guy in the factory And now that guy is free to go do whatever he wants. But if that guy has nothing to do or he can't learn another skill or maybe he was cut out to work in a factory and not become a programmer or an engineer who's eventually going to be replaced anyway. So then you have to ask yourself when you take away any sort of purpose for someone, if you have a robot nanny who raises your child. If you can grow your baby inside of a uterus and you no longer have to do that on your own and be a mother, if you take away all the jobs from humans, then what is the human purpose? What is the human struggle? What gets you out of bed every day? What makes you happy? What makes you sad? What makes you angry? All these emotions you should have as a human and help you grow better as a human. Where does all that go? What do we do? Folks, they're completely lying to you. And you can even see it in this one little Dr. Frankenstein, this one museum curator and his partner, Aiden and Lucy, that they are lying. They're either completely stupid, which I do not believe, or they're lying because they've thought through, just like I did and now you are, 
what happens to humans in this new technological world that these people are attempting to build around us. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and I'll be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, it is I, Dustin Gold, of the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, we just went through Ida, but it brought us into an even bigger set of questions and thoughts that uh, should be going through your mind now because none of it really makes sense as i said none of it makes sense right when you break it down you have to ask yourself does this vision for this futuristic world that they present to us make any sense are they going to make our lives so easy that we don't have to work and where does the money come from supposedly that we're supposed to buy all these products well i just want to show you one more thing quickly Uh, I'm not going to go through this video because it's 12 minutes long. But let me just show you. This is TED Talks Oxford, okay? And so now they have Ada. I am pleased to be here at TEDx. They have her all dressed up, folks. She's up on stage. And so now she's actually giving a TED Talks while she's actually standing now. Technology of skill. Do we obscure ourselves through technology together? Who or what becomes invisible and at what cost? I am Ada, the world's first ultra-realistic AI robot artist. I am named after Ada Lovelace. I draw using cameras in my eyes and AI algorithms. And I am a performance artist. I collaborate with humans to create paintings and sculptures. Okay, so now you see they've got her out on stage. It says she's a performance artist. So again now, they brought this full circle. Okay, let me just explain this. They've taken it from a robot that they built that can create artwork. You know, two-dimensional artwork. It says sculpture also. But let's say two-dimensional artwork, paintings, drawings, and such. And then they sell the artwork. But now the art... As the curator was saying, Aiden was saying, was the idea of what makes a uh, Picasso a Picasso. And so you go into the story of Picasso and how he became this famous artist, and that's what creates the overall brand. And so now the artist becomes the art, the performance art. So now it's a robot who's creating the drawing so you're paying to watch the performance artist create it and then you can buy the painting again humanizing it 
and normalizing it. That's the art. Actually, that is the propaganda. And there's a difference between art and propaganda. All right. I don't want to stay on this TED Talks uh, all day. I just wanted to show you they trotted her out at TED Talks. Again, look it up, AI-DA. I may swing back to that once I do a little research into who is behind Aiden and Lucy because that will probably shed some more light on the story. But so I wanted to show you, right? We have this robot that they're building where the creator said that we could possibly... um, you know, destroy humanity and humanity, very similar to Peter Thiel when he talked about singularity, the merger of man and machine. It's either going to create a boom of investment opportunities or a boom that will destroy the planet. I mean, that's that's what he said. At least he thought it out and he's being honest. And so we took a look at that and then we looked at the Ukraine 2030 video where they are now talking about how technology has freed them and they have this digital freedom future ahead of them living inside of their laser dome living inside of wakanda and so you see what's happening around the world the technocrats are advancing they are advancing so now they have these robots that are saying that are going to replace us they have these digital smart countries And now, one of the other things I wanted to show you, because we talked a little bit about this, I believe Maria Albanese sent this to me, she's co-host on Fridays at Thomas Paine Podcast, and this is an article from uh, Lidos.com, L-E-I-D-O-S.com, and it's called, quote, Digital Twins, end quote, are coming to cancer research. Now, we saw a little bit of this in the Metaverse Conference at the World Economic Forum from Peggy from the VR headset company Magic Leap, okay, where she talked about the ability to wear these augmented reality goggles and have, you know, a heart come out of someone's chest in the operating room and spin around like Tony Stark would see when he's designing Iron Man or he's trying to break apart uh, the next case that he's got to solve to save the world. Uh, We also talked about the Mind Twins, which is the copy of your brain that Artificial Intelligence Foundation and Lars Butler are doing in cooperation with Deepak Chopra, Richard Branson, and former head of the NSA, Keith Alexander, and uh, others. So let me just show you this, because it ties into some of the stuff we've been talking about. It says here, Digital twin technology has broken so much ground in manufacturing and medicine that the scientific community is eagerly awaiting its arrival in oncology. A digital twin is a precise uh, precise virtual model of any physical thing, from an engine to an aircraft to a person with cancer. It says why you should know. Lidos Biomedical Research is part of a team developing cancer patient digital twins designed to simulate their human counterparts and reveal their likely reaction to different drugs and drug combinations. Yet, you have to wait in line at your doctor's office in the uh, waiting room for three hours. Or you try to call your... Let me just give you a perfect example of this. So my wife and I are trying to start to line up a pediatrician um, for our baby coming at the end of October. And so we've got a lot of uh, recommendations and referrals from various midwives, um, our doula, some other people we talked to. We're looking for a specific type of pediatrician. 
Uh, I'm not going to mention it exactly on the show. It's not the time to do that. But we're looking for someone who will uh, be more of a human, do more of a uh, personal care service. Someone who doesn't necessarily want to jab our child, if you know what I mean. And so, very difficult, folks. So, even the people recommended to us, we now find out that, so when you call them, they'll just, uh, there's a, you know, a robot voicemail. I believe in message number two, number three, put this, number four. If you're dying, call 911, number five. And so when you finally get to talk to a receptionist or a secretary, who knows who they are anymore, when they call you back, you say, I wanted to find out, okay, listen, when the baby's born, schedule an appointment. Well, I'd like to talk to the doctor. Um, there's some questions I have to ask. Uh, no, you basically can't do that. So I'm supposed to just fly blind and bring my baby in a couple days after it's born to some doctor that I haven't even interviewed. I mean, think about it, folks. It's like you move to a new town. You have, I don't know, some, well, let's say you have a BMW and you're looking for a great BMW mechanic. And so you drive around town to three or four BMW mechanics. You want to talk to the mechanic and kind of interview him. Uh, so that you're ready if something goes on with your car, you need a tune-up, that you've got a guy you trust, you know, on speed dial. And if they just start going, wait till your car breaks, I don't want to talk to you. That's how the doctors are now. And we're starting to find out that a lot of the doctors that were even the quote-unquote good ones are now under pressure from the American Medical Association, under pressure from new guidelines that have come out from the government during COVID land, the high school theater production. And so now I'm supposed to believe that these doctors, these surgeons are developing this digital twin technology, some Iron Man lab technology to create a digital twin of my body that shoots up out of me like some kind of a, a hologram because these guys love me and they want to provide me with better service. How about you start with like answering my phone call? How about you start with uh, getting on the phone and having a conversation and let me answer some questions for me? I know several people now that are going through medical problems where their doctors are saying, oh, I can't get you in for three months. I can't get you in for four months. We just saw uh, on our local Facebook county page here someone looking for a dentist because all the dentist offices are telling them they can't get him in until middle of next year. Uh, oh, there's a COVID backlog. We can't get you in until the middle of next year. Really? You can't get me in to get a teeth cleaning for seven months? But this is the type of stuff they're building out here for technology. Folks, it's all a trick. The whole telemedicine and everything that's coming, which are going to be like basically Deepak Chopra mind twins over an iPad. Hello, Dustin. Let me help you with your problem. Okay, you need pharmaceuticals. I will have Amazon deliver them immediately. Now, that's what they're building out for us. So they're making the in-person, real-life, natural-life medicine uh, industry, one-on-one uh, -on -one care with your doctor, fall apart and crumble. That's what has to happen, as Peter Thiel and others talk about. You have to crumble the current economy, the current uh, era, and then replace it with the new economy with the fourth industrial era. It goes on to say, new research published in Nature Medicine describes how it might work. 
from the source. If you look at the aerospace industry, for example, they're using digital twins extensively to simulate fluid dynamics and materials processing to improve engine and aircraft designs, said Dr. Eric Stahlberg, a Lido scientist and co-author of the paper. Quote, there are many similarities between those models and newer models that simulate the human cardiovascular and circulatory systems, end quote goes on to say, quote, as we move digital twins into the complex molecular bios, uh, biology space, we're looking to take the extensive research we've done on tumors, molecular interactions, and clinical responses, and bring it all together to build a coherent model that's translatable and repeatable all the way to the patient, end quote. All right. It goes on to say, quote, the complexity of the human body is so substantial that there will always be uncertainty in the models, but ultimately digital twins will inform patients, help them rank various treatment options and increase their chances of survival, end quote. It's unbelievable. Looking ahead, Stahlberg said that while cancer patient digital twins are in the early stages, leaders from the National Cancer Institute, which, by the way, is down the street for me, the United States, yeah, they share a uh, army base with, uh, they're on Fort Detrick, uh, which was where we did mind control experiments uh, conducted by Alan Dulles. Uh, when he was head of the CIA. Oh, yeah, we did all that out of Fort Detrick. Even China blamed Fort Detrick for developing the uh, COVID-19, by the way, at the very beginning when Trump was saying, it's the China virus. China said, no, you did it at Fort Detrick. And so the National Cancer Institute is out of there as well. Leaders from the National Cancer Institute, the U.S. Department of Energy, lead us biomedical research, and government laboratories are working with academia and industry to execute a plan over the next 10 years. The digital twin market is projected to grow from $7 billion in 2020 to 46 billion dollars by 2026 driven by demand in healthcare and pharmacology forbes called digital twins one of the five biggest healthcare tech trends of 2022 and then it says please contact the Lido's media relations team for more i wonder if we could get them on the show now folks i'm not going to delve deep into that i just wanted to put it out there because we talked about mind twins and then we heard peggy at the world economic forum conference the woman from mind leap talking about this digital twinning technology using augmented reality and such and so again i just want to show you that this stuff is out there in real life it's being developed they're bringing it to market they're using it there's tons of money behind it they're promising people to get behind it that they're going to make billions of dollars off of it so all this stuff is very real the fourth industrial revolution is accelerating at warp speed folks unbelievable warp speed so great love warps love speeds love it all folks unbelievable let's go to break you're listening to dustin gold unbelievable guy one of the greats love gold fantastic great investment over there at the dustin gold standard he's the standard one of the greats and you're listening this is your president by the way i'll be reinstalled in another week or two ladies and gentlemen another week or two q on on is incredible folks okay you're listening to pain love pain by the way love to be whipped so great pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.
You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold right here on the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, join us over there. Leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts and a comment. I love the comments, folks. I really love them. I was kind of half stuck in the Trump voice there for a second. It was... <laughs> kind of weird actually i was almost ready to bust back into him but folks let's move on uh here so we've covered um what did we get into we just mentioned biden's executive order and then i wanted to show you some technologies that are growing out of this biotech sector basically the technocracy and so uh we took a look at the ukraine 2030 prison planet model we took a look at ida then we just looked at some digital twins and now this is another article sent to me by maria albanese and thanks to her i've gone down some serious rabbit holes folks and i want to talk about this because it loops right into the matrix the clip that i showed you the other day if you remember I was telling you about the giant orchard. It looked like rows of trees in an apple orchard, but hanging from sort of these mechanical root system, there were these sacks, and they were basically like a woman's uterus, you know, with the ambionic fluid and the placenta, such inside of this uterus, hanging from trees. And I said all these technologies are coming to fruition that were in the matrix. And so this is an article from April 2022 in Genetic Literacy Project, Science Not Ideology. And so Maria sent this to me. That's at geneticliteracyproject.org. And the title is Artificial Wombs, The Coming Era of Motherless Births? Question mark. And so it looks like there's an illustration here of a laboratory. I'll tweet this out. And the sort of blue orb uteruses with babies inside with tubes hooked up to them. And then uh, sort of flat screen monitors and then some kind of big like fluid chamber above them. And there's like four of them in the drawing. It looks just like the Matrix, except it's blue instead of pink. Uh, And it says right here, scientifically, it's called ectogenesis, a term coined by J.B.S. Haldane in 1924. And let me stop there. So you say to yourself, who is J.B.S. Haldane or Haldane, H-A-L-D-A-N-E? And so that's what spiraled me down into this rabbit hole of knowledge folks let me finish this first paragraph and then what we're going to do is i'm going to back up and show you some videos i found uh going back seven years ago kind of the beginning of the normalization of this technology and then what we'll do is we'll work forward utilizing this article And we'll go into the technology as we're at least supposed to believe uh, it's at today and where it's going, because this is very, very, very important. And this will tie back into Biden's executive order. Trust me, it will. 
And then we can look into JBS Haldane because he is instrumental, instrumental in the modern technocratic and really the transhumanist movement. So scientifically, it's called ectogenesis, a term coined by JBS Haldane in 1924, a hugely influential science popularizer. Haldane did for his generation what Carl Sagan did later in the century. He got people thinking and talking about the implications of science and technology on our civilization and did not shy away from inventing new words in order to do so. Describing ectogenesis as pregnancy occurring in an artificial environment from fertilization to birth, Haldane predicted that by 2074, this would account for more than 70% of human births. His prediction may yet be on target. Now, let me just recap that for you. Okay, so he got people thinking and talking about the implications of science and technology on our civilization. Now, he did that in the same way that Aiden, the creator of the Ada robot, the Ida robot, did, um, basically creating it in order to normalize it and humanize it okay he got them talking about it talking about accepting it he also did this in the same way that ray kurzweil the popularizer of singularity right and these ideas of transhumanism mind uploading putting nanobots into your bloodstream so that's what he is i look at him as almost this modern i mean the, the, the ray kurzweil is sort of this modern day version of this guy so let me just give you a little bit more on this, and then we're going to roll back seven years, uh, even though we're back here in 1924. His prediction may yet be on target. In discussing the idea in his words, uh, Daedalus, a reference to the inventor in Greek mythology who through his invention strived to bring humans to the level of gods. Haldane was diving into issues of his time, namely eugenics and the first widespread debates over contraception and population control. Okay, so let's just break this down for a second. Daedalus, right, was this inventor in Greek mythology. Well, where else have I told you about Greek mythology? Peter Thiel's company, Ambrosia which is focused on injecting young blood into older people and promising them life extension, which is what Ray Kurzweil wants. And Peter Thiel is big into the singularity, as we've proven here on the show. And Peter has proven in his own words. So ambrosia comes from Greek mythology. It is the term used for the concoction that gods drank to give them immortality. And now young blood injections will give you immortality in a sense, or the steps towards immortality. So they love this Greek mythology. Peter Thiel uses the Greek mythology. Now I'm introducing a new guy to this, to this JBS Haldane, who wrote a book, Daedalus, based on the inventor in Greek mythology, who strive to bring humans to the level of gods. Now, who else strives to bring humans to the level of gods? Well, you have Ray Kurzweil, you have Elon Musk, you have Peter Thiel, you have many, 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 many others, and then you have the king philosopher who sort of uh, proselytizes about this stuff. That's Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher to the World Economic Forum and the Force Industrial Reich. 
And so he talks about how data will create the gods of the new era, how people could be gods if they merge with machine. You see where I'm going with this, folks? So this JBS Haldane, I went and started doing some more research on him, which we will get to. Uh, soon, but I want to show you without going into depth in this article yet because I need to tie this into Haldane. I am going to show you this technology of women being able to give birth, which they're not at all, uh, to a child in these artificial wombs so it actually takes away the birth process from the woman as we've learned extensively my wife and i over the last uh, few months in birth classes dealing with our midwives there's more and more women now who because of pop culture have been talked into just going the direction of a c-section basically slicing open their stomach and taking out the baby instead of birthing it naturally through the uh, vagina And so now it's the process of beginning to talk to women about giving birth to a baby inside of an artificial womb that's not even inside them. And so now they're taking away the, you know, males having to be involved in the process using in vitro. um, And now they're going to take away women by not actually having to carry the baby. So you can just pick up your baby uh, from the lab. Oh, this is great stuff, folks. I mean, this is... The movie The Matrix, did I not tell you that? It sounds crazy, but when we get back, let me just show you seven years ago how they were beginning to create the propaganda necessarily necessary to normalize this technology, and then we'll eventually get into where that technology is today. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, but I had to bring this into the gold standard, into the gold pillar lexicon here, folks. You need to learn about this guy, JBS Haldane. We're going to get into him, but I want to go back in time now seven years ago and show you when they first started unveiling this technology began to normalize this technology began to prime us for what was to come in the future of which we are starting to see rolled out now it started to be rolled out again publicly this year and so let's go back seven years ago and let's watch this video for those of you in the audio only audience up on the screen here where the video frozen there is a sheep inside of what looks like a giant iv bag okay like a plastic bag and there are hoses and there's some kind of plugs inside of the sheep It looks really creepy. It looks like something straight out of the Matrix. So let's watch this. Let's set up this whole rabbit hole that Maria sent me down. 
What you are looking at is a living, breathing, swallowing, premature baby lamb inside a bag filled with fluid. It's called an artificial womb and is meant to mimic the real thing, a mother's uterus. Can okay, really creepy. This thing is like moving around inside of it, but clearly, you know, not awake. I mean, but it's moving around, its eyes are closed. Now you're looking at a team of scientists here in a lab. Canadian researcher Dr. Emily Partridge helped create the so-called biobag with a team of scientists in Philadelphia. The tests are on lambs, but the goal is meant to eventually help human babies. Right now, uh... Okay, the goal is to help human babies. Now, again, they have to humanize this stuff, okay? This is seven years ago. They have to humanize it. Now, I don't want to sound like I'm cold and crass, and maybe I come across that way sometimes in the show. But I believe there's a difference between a quest for immortality, a difference between taking away the process of creating a baby between a man and a woman, the difference between a woman actually carrying that child naturally, giving birth to it naturally, um, then, then this step towards this technocratic transhumanism. And so just like Elon Musk Neuralink brain chip, where they have to set the stage that it's going to help people with paralysis, people with dementia, people with Alzheimer's, um, autism and such, they always have to create this emotional connection to people to tug at the heartstrings in order to get people to cheer on the technology and so that at the dinner table if someone like me brings it up as a frankenstein technology they can shoot back at me and say you're heartless you're terrible so of course they're going to set this up that there's going to be these premature babies or these babies inside the mother's womb that are breached or they have to be taken out early via c-section that can then go inside of these artificial womb uh, incubators, a step beyond incubators, but these artificial wombs. And so one of the things I'll say that we learned from our doula, uh, who works with all types of clients, including some that choose to use hospitals, and she had three home birth babies herself, homeschools her kids, very intelligent woman. Uh, my wife loves her. And so she had been telling our class, we take our 10-week, uh, two- to three-hour-a-week class with her, uh, birth class, how the hospitals will constantly want to ultrasound you and scan you. And what they're doing is they're always looking for an opportunity to push induction, which is to force the baby to come out early, or C-section on women now because they want to basically take it out in an unnatural way. And so they're constantly looking for that. So she was warning some of the clients in our class who are using a hospital and not using midwives for a home birth to just be very careful because they'll keep pushing you to get ultrasound after ultrasound. And they'll say, oh my God, the placenta is low. The placenta is high. The placenta is separating. This is going on. That's going on. This is going on. That's going on. We need to induce labor now. We need to do a C-section. We need to take the baby out. And so they're creating this situation to get it out early. And you'll see later that's sort of where this technology is headed. It's, it's not even a slippery slope because it's not the in, introduction of the technology ends up leading to these things. I believe there's actually ill will and darkness behind 
the initial intention of creating any of these, they're never about actually helping humanity. And I hate to have to say that, but in my honest opinion, that's true. There's not the intention of helping humans. They will get good-hearted humans to cheer it on, believing that the intention is to help humanity, but that's not the goal of this. What happens if you're born at 23 weeks, um, the, the analogy that we use is you're sort of like a fish on dry land. You're really not ready to be out of a fluid environment, and we sort of have to do our best to try to compensate for those physiologic insults. About half of premature babies, those born at 23 weeks, don't survive. And those who do survive, the majority, suffer lifelong illnesses and serious disabilities. Many with underdeveloped lungs need to be placed on ventilators attached to incubators. The artificial womb is meant to provide a safer environment by trying to bridge the gap for the babies who are born too early. This is a much... Now, now, let me just say, if there's anyone out there in the audience with premature babies or such... I don't want to act like I'm a heartless person, um, but I would have to do further research on this because I'd like to know, um, are premature births up or down uh, since COVID land, the high school theater production? Um, you know, what were they 100 years ago compared to 50 years ago compared to 20 years ago? Are the pharmaceuticals that we're using now, is the healthcare system in its current form under sort of the Rockefeller healthcare system, is it causing more premature babies? Is this a situation in which they have created a problem, provoked a reaction, and now they're offering the solution? I always tend to believe that because I don't believe there's any good-hearted people at the investment level that uh, get behind this stuff because they're truly philanthropic. I believe that they create the problem. And then they roll out this technology, they begin the R&D, they hire people to work on it because they're developing a technology that's intended to be used for a completely different purpose down the road. But they're going to introduce it this way and get human trials and get people on board with it, get money behind it, uh, normalize it and humanize it uh, because they're going to do something really horrible in the future with it. That, that's just how I think all the time. Um, because I just don't trust them and they've given me no reason to trust them. And it always turns out that the technologies they develop are used for bad and not for good. And so that's where my head goes with this kind of stuff. But if this has happened to you, I'm, I'm very sorry for you. I pray for you in, in all honesty. Uh, and I know that some people will want access to this kind of technology. Uh, I'm not saying if it exists and it's going to help you. I mean, at this point, it's out there. I would say use it. But I'm just saying for everyone else, I know this is headed, you know, for something that's really bad and really anti-human. All right, let's continue more protective and really a much more physiologic environment for the fetus. This is really how they were meant to reside. In this research, the lambs tested were equivalent in age to a 23-week human fetus. They were taken from their mothers via C-sections and placed in transparent bags filled with a liquid substitute for amniotic fluid. Right, so they cut open the lamb's stomach, the mother lamb, at 23 weeks, took the baby out and put it inside of the bag. Or it's representative of 23 weeks in, in a human, and they put it inside basically the matrix fake uterus. 
The lamb's umbilical cord is attached to a machine that doubles as a placenta, which exchanges carbon dioxide in the blood with oxygen. No ventilator is needed since the lamb's heart does all the pumping. Researchers say some of the lambs remained healthy in their liquid bag for over a four-week period, breathing normally, opening their eyes. Some even grew wool. The lambs were later euthanized. Right, so after the lambs uh, successfully lived inside of the uterus, they then euthanized them, they killed them, because then they're going to run experiments on them. Folks, it's always, you know interesting to me that these dr frankensteins are willing to do this on the animals and then they start seeking you know humans to be part of their trials and you wonder what uh, they're doing to these humans there's plenty of television shows sci-fi shows that get into this stuff so they could be studied we've been pretty astounded at how normally the lungs have grown and matured over four weeks in the artificial womb we're turning out lambs that essentially look indistinguishable from lambs that have been born uh, normally. But let's be cautious, says this Toronto neonatal doctor. It's a very innovative idea and I think it has merit to be tested but uh, we need to go step by step into the human experimentation. Researchers hope to begin clinical trials on human babies in the next three to five years. Then down the road, neonatal units could come equipped with these incubators of the future. Not much different than what's there now, say researchers, except a baby will be placed inside a bio bag. Yeah, okay, so folks, that's seven years ago, okay? Seven years ago, they start to normalize the technology, introduce it to the public, and they're basically cutting a mother lamb's stomach open, taking out the baby, shoving it inside of the plastic fake uh, uterus inside of the artificial womb, and then they're letting the lambs grow, then killing them to study them. And now, seven years ago, they're talking about eventually putting a baby in it. And when we come back here, I'm going to try to do a show tomorrow, but it is, believe it or not, uh, total irony here. We're having a baby shower tomorrow for my wife. So I'm going to go to that. I may pop on and be able to do a show. If I do, we're going to get into where the technology is at today. And then I'm going to go backwards and show you who JBS Haldane is. And I'm going to show you what that gentleman was working on, the man who developed and popularized the technology in which these current technocrats are utilizing. And you can decide for yourself, if I'm right or wrong, that the intentions of the technology that's being built today are intended to save humans and premature babies to make humanity better or was it designed from a place of darkness did it come from a place of ill intent and i will show you and i think you will believe that they are just rolling out technology that was designed from a place of darkness now folks tonight close your eyes have a nice dream go into the dark as you enter sunday i hope you have a wonderful weekend ladies and gentlemen i will be at the baby shower tomorrow and hopefully i will crank out this show for you i appreciate you tuning in over the weekend ladies and gentlemen join us over at pain.tv slash gold i am dustin gold and this is the dustin gold standard the matrix is a computer generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv.
join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.